Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's going on, Hokie Nation? Welcome to your Friday edition of TSL Today. we got a great show for you today. We're going to talk Virginia Tech basketball, and then on the second half of it, we're also going to give you a little bit of an update on what happened last night on Tech Talk Live. It's all right here at TSL. TSL Today starts right now. Happy Friday, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. Our show today brought to you by Triumph NIL. Uh, of course, a brand new partnership with them. We're incredibly grateful to uh, have them by our side. And today's show is brought to you again by Triumph NIL. Recruit, retain, and reward. Reward. Nice. Oh, there it is. All right. Carter Hill across the way. David Cunningham is on set. Kyle Marshak producing behind the scenes. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit of Hokies basketball here. Virginia Tech goes on the road, drops six straight. David, I think you can say, though, we saw some improvement. Yeah, I thought Virginia Tech was better. Um, it helps to get Hunter Couture back. He's kind of the, the glue that holds everything together. As Mike Young said, he's the like the tide. He raises all ships. And Tech looked much better with Hunter Couture. They played pretty good offense. They had... Essentially, I think a top five offensive outing of the season shot just under 50%. Um, the problem was that the defense was kind of like a day school at times. And again, it's a top 20 offense in the country in Virginia. You're going to have to play better defense than Tech did. Uh, 1.28 points per possession was what UVA had. That's the most Tech's allowed all season long. And when you were playing a team on the road in Virginia, high caliber, top 10 team in the country, you can't allow, you know, bucket after bucket after bucket. And and I think Tech's still trying to figure some things out. But if the Hokies play like that against a team like NC State or Syracuse, the past couple games that they've lost, I think they win that game. So it's the question now is, Okay, we've seen one positive performance. Now, can they continue that? Can the defense? Can they make the defensive adjustments? Can they make the tweaks? You're facing a Clemson team on Saturday that you've already played before. You know what to expect. Can you tweak stuff and continue that offensive success you, you had last time? Um, I think it was a positive showing, but not the result you want. To your point, David, I think you can argue if you count the Boston College game because Hunter Couture missed the last nine minutes of the game if you count overtime. I think you can argue Virginia Tech would have gone four and one during that stretch without Couture. They maybe lose the Syracuse game. Syracuse shot, what, 58% or 50% from the field. So, you know, you tip your hat, but they probably win the NC State, the Clemson game, the Wake Forest game, all one possession games, Boston College as well, because you're going to have Couture in overtime. Yeah, I'm not the the Boston College game is a little tricky because Tech was not Tech was not playing well at all and Tech had Couture. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, I mean I think he's he makes everybody better. And, and I think it's scary how how the difference between how good Tech was 
without him to now having him back. I mean, he came in and had an immediate impact, as you would expect, but I, I think it was kind of eye-opening that, okay, wow, this is we went from this team to this team in the span of a week, and the only thing we added was that guy. And it's kind of just eye-opening at how much of an impact he makes. Uh, Mike Young talked about him. He said that he is a a gravity guard where he, he is pulling guys on the defensive side out to him because he's that good of a shooter and it opens up the rest of the floor. So he's a gravitational-type player. Uh, David, wanted to ask you, uh, how about the performances, though, out of Darius Maddox and MJ Collins? Eight points for Collins with four rebounds. Went two for three from downtown. Hit a couple of uh, two threes that very early. Uh, and then Darius Maddox able to find his stroke a little bit with 13 points. Yeah, I think the big thing for those guys, obviously Maddox, he he he's starting. He he's not a freshman, but Collins is. The big thing for Collins is to continue to get his feet under him and okay, build on your positive defensive performances. And when the ball comes, shoot with confidence. I think that was the first time all season really, or I guess since the North Carolina game back in December, that Collins has really been aggressive. It's be be aggressive and don't look timid. Um, Maddox, I thought he was better. Um, he hit some clutch shots in the first half to keep Tech very, very close, help Tech take the lead at one point. Um, they're, they're two important players. And when Rodney Rice, of course, breaks his finger and is out for un, an undetermined amount of time, Collins is going to play a lot more. Um, but it's good to see Maddox come out of his shell. That's important down the stretch if Tech wants to get things going. Again, the offense was not the problem against UVA. Um, Tech executed very, very well, but it was good to see both those guys have successful nights, got some some key rebounds. Collins had an offensive board and a putback that was really uh, crucial. Um they, they both made some big plays, and they both played solid defense. And you're going to play some, some really – tough teams you're gonna have to guard some really tough teams here you know over the next couple weeks and both of those guys continue to show that okay they have the defensive trust from Mike Young and I think that's important you mentioned Rodney Rice how big of a loss is that for Virginia Tech towards the back half of the year now is there's now 13 games left in the ACC um if Collins it depend honestly. It kind of depends to me on how Collins continues to do because if Collins continues to grow into his role, he's obviously young. He's a freshman, mm-hmm. but if he continues to give Tex a, a boost and look confident, right? If he's catching a shot and shooting the shot in the corner, like he hit two a couple big shots. If he can continue to make those, he doesn't have to do it do a lot, but just play solid defense, get a rebound here, there, make a shot when when called upon. Be somebody that they have to guard. The worst thing you want is to be a guy on the floor where essentially the defense doesn't have to guard you. He hit a couple th- shots where when teams are coming to do the scouting report for Tech, they're like, okay, you know, that kid, he doesn't shoot it often, but he can make it. That's what you need him to continue to do, to continue to be in other people's minds. If he can do that, that's a positive. And I think it it lessens the the loss of Rodney Rice yeah. because Rodney Rice is an important player. He could be, be really big. He could take time off Padula's plate and let Padula rest for, for a couple more minutes. I mean, Padula's like top 25 in the country, I think in, in, in terms of like 
minutes played just because he's always on the floor and Tech doesn't really have any other options. That would have been nice for, for Mike Young to be able to to take Padula off the floor and, and have somebody handle the ball. We saw it a little bit at Syracuse. Um, the problem is, you know, I think it all comes down to what the other guys do and step up in his absence. comes back to Collins. Um, it hurts. It's not the end of the world. Couture, losing, you know, you'd rather, if you had to pick one, you'd rather have Couture than Rice. Yeah. And yeah. it stinks. Um, you know, Rice has the same injury as Ashley Wusu did on the women's mm-hmm. side, and that kept her out seven weeks. So. Did Wusu have surgery? Yes, she yes. did. Okay. Uh, and Rice, we're, we're yep. talking today, Friday. Rice was supposed to have surgery today. Um, so, what's, I mean, somebody can do the math. Seven weeks from today, that's a lot. That's, of, that's a good portion of the season. Yeah, that's like. At that point, you'd probably just say the red shirt. That's, yeah. yeah, that's no, like Sweet not, 16 I mean, territory. There, there's a long, it's a long shot, I think, that he'll end up playing again this year, which, right. which really stinks, to be honest. Um, but I, I think how Virginia Tech played, like, like Virginia Tech played all. You know, seventeen games without him already this year. Right. It's not like it, it. It'd be different, a little bit different than Owusu, who you know played first eight, seven or eight games for Tech and then missed the last seven weeks. Um, and of course, lucky for her, but the injury happened where she could take some time off around Christmas, and there were no games. Right. She didn't miss as many games. Couture didn't miss. Couture didn't miss as many games as, as probably could have. He probably yeah. could have if it was now. Like imagine if Couture got hurt against Virginia, you know, before the Virginia game and missed a, a Wednesday, Wednesday, Saturday, Monday mm-hmm. stretch. Right? He probably he probably missed eight to ten games. So I think Tech's gotten a little bit fortunate, a little bit unfortunate. Like it kind of just varies. I feel bad for Rice, man. That that you know. You you break your ankle, you have surgery, you rehab, spend all this time, you come back, you play a game, you get hurt again yeah. on, on just a freak injury. Which, as Mike Young said, it looked like it was just a jam finger. So, um, yeah, disappointing. But again, not not the end of the world. I think a guy like MJ Collins, though, this is his his time to prove that you know that that he is ready for this challenge. Yeah, I think you can put it this way. I think Virginia Tech knows how to win without Rodney Rice. I don't necessarily know if Virginia Tech knows how to win without Hunter Couture. Well, they showed that. They lost. Yeah. They yeah. lost every game without him. Yeah. So they, yeah. they, they, they don't Cruising know how the to win. Close games, too, towards yeah. the end. Towards the end. Um, I wanted to ask about Sean Padula a little bit here. Started fantastic this season. I mean, I, I think there was... Um, it's almost like he traded roles in some ways with Darius Maddox. Like we came in thinking Maddox would be a 17 point per game type of player, possibly after how he ended last season, they kind of switched and maybe, and maybe Sean Padula would be how Maddox is, you know, not any kind of a, a setback, but a step forward in his sophomore year. Um, maybe not quite the level that he, he had been at. And, and he really took a huge leap forward, uh, leading the team in scoring, averaging 17 at one point over 17. Um, seems like the last couple of games, is it safe to say, in a little bit of a slump? How can he kind of dig his way back out of that? Yeah, I think Padula's stressing a little bit I think especially with Couture I thought he was better against UVA but I thought he was better because he didn't have to do everything because right. he could play I, I thought offensively he was better I think defensively he got beat a couple times and um 
just a little lazy at times. But offensively, I, I, I want and I hate to interrupt. I want to say this though about that. Everyone giving Padula such a hard time on Twitter for his defensive performance against Kihei Clark. You have to understand, Kihei Clark's been in college basketball for four more years than Sean Padula has. Yeah. That's four years of experience and a four national years championship. Of strength and conditioning, a national championship. Like they're just they're. Two different levels, and I don't think it's fair to quite bash on Padula. Well, I well, I mean, I don't like he could have played better defense. I think right, I can that, agree with that's that. That's the bottom yeah. line. Uh, but I think his offense is was better. I think a lot of that has to do with if you if you break down Tech's starting lineup past couple of games, Darius Maddox was struggling for a good portion of time, like throughout the losing streak. Maddox was struggling. Grant Bazilli. Mike Young mentioned this on Tech Talk Live last night. There are times where Grant Basile gets himself into silly foul trouble, where he picks up, he's trying to hedge a screen, he picks up a foul away from the basket, and he gets himself in foul trouble. He had the break, the the foul on the breakaway against Clemson. Yeah. That was yep. the second foul. Yeah. He's not necessarily doing himself any favors with foul trouble. There have been times where Maddox is in a slump and Basile's on the bench, so and no Couture. So it comes down to Mutz and Padula. And Mutz is doing Mutz things, but I think you get down to the nitty-gritty of it. I think Padula had to force all, or felt like he had to force a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think having Couture back is kind of a little bit of a weight off of his shoulders because he doesn't he know he doesn't he doesn't have to do as much. And the shots started to fall. And it's okay. If the shots are falling, great. He doesn't feel like all the responsibilities on him to score. And I think that's important for him to continue going forward. I think he got a little just had just a little too much weight that he was trying to carry where, you know, he had some solid outings, but a lot of them came, you know, in non-efficient performances where he's taking, you know, almost two or three times more shots than he's making. Mm -hmm. And I think he's still got a long way to go. Um, He's very, very young and he's a very good player. Um, but with time, with learning the offensive system and learning to trust his guys more, like having Hunter Couture there is great. Um, you know, I think, I think having Couture back kind of solves all, solves a lot of Tech's problems, and I think that's just the way it is. Um, but I, I think if you tell Padula, hey, like, settle down, run the offense, and Tech did that a lot better against UVA, and it led to points. I think a lot of times because there were different guys touching the ball, you know, the ball kind of touched every person's hand before it went in the basket. And those are the possessions you need to have. And I think sometimes Badul is just just rushing and feels like he needs to play catch up. Tech's been playing from behind in a lot of games. Has led Tech's led a lot, but hasn't necessarily led the entire way. And there have been games, NC State, Clemson, where Tech is trying to play from behind, and you can tell that Batula feels a little rushed and is like, "I need to, I need, we need to get a bucket. We need to get back in the game," and the problems compile on each other. And settling down and and just playing more efficient basketball, I think you know having Couture certainly helps. Gauntlet coming up. You're on the road against 19th ranked Clemson. Uh, then you host Duke. Syracuse has won nine of their last 11. Uh, then you play Miami, who's been a really strong team. Virginia again. Finally, you get a break against Boston College inside the castle, but you already lost to Boston College as well. How can this team start to focus up 
and channel it in. And at this point, you'd have to say you need a little bit of a run like you had last year where the team won five straight uh, and, and ended up, you know, they'd lose one and then win four more and just had that really good strong run to get them a decent seed in the ACC tournament. And then all the momentum was there. How can they grab that momentum one more time? Well, I think, uh, to be honest, I think you just got to go out and, and forget about what the other team has done. What forget what about you? What forget about what you guys have done, right? You can't go in there and say, "Oh, we lost six straight. We have to win this one." Just go in there and play basketball again. If Virginia Tech plays to, against Clemson on Saturday, if Virginia Tech plays how it played against Virginia on on Wednesday, Tech will be fine. And, and I think that's one of the biggest things. It's like this is not a bad Tech basketball team. You just have a bad losing stretch. At the same time, one of your most important players is, is injured. Um, yeah, you know, Tech's got to play better defense, but that was ob- that's obvious. Um, I think it's kind of just you. If you, I, I tell you this: if the Hokies get one win, it'll start. It'll start to roll. Momentum will start to. I mean, if you get a win on Saturday at Clemson, that's a, you, that's a top twenty-five. They win. might be Quad without. One. They might be without Chase Hunter. Yeah, their starting yeah. point guard. They're still without. I think Alex Hemingway, mm-hmm. one of their wings. They just lost the other day at Wake against Wake Forest. This is an opportunity to get a win, get a quadrant one win. Then you got Duke at home on a Monday night, and Duke. I mean, it's Duke, but it's also they're very beatable this year. It's front to freshman. Yeah, I I will say this: I don't know if there's a team in the ACC that's not beatable if this Virginia Tech team plays well. The problem is that against Clemson, it was good defense, but Tech had its worst two point percentage field goal game since 2012. Right. Like, just a a really, really bad offensive game. Against NC State, the offense was there. The defense couldn't stop anybody. Mm -hmm. And can Tech play good basketball on both ends of the floor for 40 minutes? Tech does that. Tech's going to win, even if the shots aren't necessarily falling. And I think, like, you could press the panic button, but you probably press the panic button... Uh, was a couple, uh, you know, couple, couple, games, couple ago. Yeah. games ago, and I think, again, I think, I mean, most of the games are make or break at this point for Tech. But like, Tech gets one win, you're looking at, you're turning the, flipping the page and going, okay, Duke, Syracuse, both at home, you on the road to Miami, yeah, and I tell you what, Virginia, like, playing Syracuse and Castle with Hunter Couture is a lot different than playing. Oh, yeah. On the road. No doubt. With no Hunter Couture. And, you know, Tech hasn't faced Miami yet, but Miami's looked, I mean, everybody's looked beatable. And I think that's the thing. It's like. And everyone's they, lost, too. Yeah. There's no this, this, dominant team. This Tech team yeah. is not as bad as as it appears to be. The problem is when you lose, you know, six games and four of them are by less than six points, it just compiles and compiles and compiles. And. I, I, I think Tech needed a good performance against UVA and got it. Problem is, it's just you're going to need a little bit more to beat a top 10 team. Where? Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Um, go ahead. You're good. All right. Real quick. Um, Where do they sit in your brain as far as the NCAA tournament picture goes? What does They're it not t- in it yet. Right. They're so not in it. what does it take to get in? you got to get to 500 in the ACC at least. Okay. And the problem is, here's the thing. Tech has six quadrant one opportunities left. You've got Duke twice, Virginia once at home, Miami once on uh, once on the road, mm-hmm. and Clemson once on the road. Yeah, and there might be another one. Um, there are opportunities. There will be opportunities. 
Can you make the most of them? There, these are two quadrant one opportunities in three days of Virginia Tech. If you win two of them, there you there your quadrant one wins. Yeah. Tech had one one quadrant one win all last year heading into the AC tournament, and that was the second to last week of the year. Mm-hmm. If you get like like. If you can, the, the the ACC is better this year. And Mike Young said it after the UVA game. This is the best the league has been in Mike's Young, Mike Young's four years, right? Like last year, UVA and Tech played, and and Tech beat UVA, and it wasn't even a quadrant one game, right? And this year, it's a quadrant one game either way, and uh, they're in the top ten. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It doesn't, you know, the rankings don't necessarily show up, but the analytics do. Right. Like, this is a, a solid conference when it comes to basketball. Now, here's the thing. You go on the road to Notre Dame. You go on the road to Georgia Tech. You go to Louisville. You can't lose those games. And they're not gimmies either. They're not gimmies. No, no, no. gimme. There's no gimmies in the ACC. Sure. I no. mean, Boston, the the Boston College game showed that. Yes. That was well, supposed yeah. to be a gimme-ish there, type there game no on the road. There are no games in the ACC, but, but those are the games you have to win. Right. And then if you can... Pick up, you know, there are going to be some some rock fights down the stretch here, like when Miami and Syracuse come into Castle, right? Like, there, a lot of the games at home are going to be really, really close. Can you snag one on the road? Tech still hasn't won on the road yet. There, but but again, if you if you can get a couple quadrant one wins under your belt and get, you know, two wins in a row going, then all the momentum feels like it's turning in your direction. And sure, like if we're sitting here talking on Tuesday morning and Virginia Tech is three and six in the ACC because it just won two games, that completely changes the trajectory of this team, right? Yeah. But Tech could also be one and eight. Yeah. And, you know, I I think these two games this weekend could really potentially decide the season. Yeah, I think this is a a make-or-break two-game stretch for Virginia Tech. Yeah, to your point, if we come in here on Tuesday morning and the Hokies are 3-6 and in the ACC, all of a sudden, I think some of the fan base is going to be feeling pretty good about the potential for the NCAA tournament. Yeah, well, when you beat Clemson on the road and Duke at home. Yeah, yeah. Uh, top 25. I think think 10-10 in the ACC is very doable. Very doable. But to your point, there's no margin for error. Yeah, it's 10-10. Sure, 10-10 is great. But you got to win some big games. Yeah. Like when Virginia comes to Castle Coliseum, you have to win because you need resume boosters. I think it's even, I think this team gets up for big games. We know that. They have in the past. These guys on this team know how to get it up for a big game. Um, I think that where you could run it, you cannot afford a loss that you shouldn't lose. You can't yeah, lose to no, Georgia Tech. You have to yeah, beat Boston yeah. College the second time because you're looking at, at that point quad three, quad four losses. You need to win those games. You have to win the games you're supposed to win. Yeah, you can't suffer another bad loss, essentially. Yeah. But the Clemson game this weekend, it's an opportunity for Tech to not only get that Clemson game back, but essentially on the resume, potentially get that Boston College game back. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a nice even out game and a nice opportunity for Tech. No doubt about it. All right, I think that wraps things up, David. Thanks so much for being here. Any final thoughts from you? Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. And disappointed we get it, didn't get a chance to talk about the women. The women are rolling. Oh, right yeah, now. The women are they might be top ten come this week. Let's, uh, that's very true. Let's. Uh, you let's, guys can uh, talk about it a little bit in the next yeah, segment. Why don't we bring yeah. Kyle on on the next one? You, you got time? You want to you stick sure. around for a minute? All right. Kyle's going to come on. We're going to talk about the women. Kyle We're also going to talk seat. about Tech Talk Live a little bit. Some really interesting tidbits uh, out of Mike Young and MJ Collins last night uh, from Learfield. So we'll take a short break. We'll be right back. It's TSL Today on your Friday.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy Friday, Hokie Nation. Welcome back to TSL today. We switched up the set a little bit. I'm Giovanni Heater. Across the way, Kyle Marshak. Uh, David Cunningham's on the set, of course. And uh, back behind the scenes, Carter Hill. Uh, now we're going to talk a little bit of women's hoops. Uh, a little change in the script today, but I love it. And then we're going to get into the uh, Tech Talk Live notes just briefly uh, as well. Uh, Kyle, I'll let you uh, tee it up first here for David. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, Tech Talk Live was, was awesome the other day. I'll start with that. But David... When it comes to women's hoops, really nice to cleanse the palate after talking about a, a tough men's season so far. With the ACC schedule, dude, the way the ACC has been in the men's, you're talking about analytically, you look at the numbers, and although the rankings don't show it for men's, the ACC is as strong as it's ever been. Would you argue that's the same for women's basketball? Because I think the ACC is just star-studded right now for women's yeah, hoops. Yeah, the women, ACC women's basketball, I would say... I would say the men, ACC men's conference is probably like the third or fourth best conference in the country, probably behind the Big Ten and the Big Twelve. Yeah. Not in any order, but um, but ACC women's basketball's best con- best conference in the country. It's not close. Um, there was a point earlier in the year where the ACC literally had teams seven, eight, nine, ten in the AP top twenty-five. It just so happens that you know in a, in women AC women's basketball. You do five team pods, right? And Virginia Tech women's basketball's pod is NC State, Duke, Virginia, North Carolina. So you play all of them twice. Well, three of those teams are ranked, and Virginia was dang close for a while. So you're playing all these teams twice. That's like eight quadrant one opportunities right yeah. there. Um, they beat Louisville, who's really, really good, and lost to Notre Dame. Lost to Miami and Clemson, but those teams are both pretty good. Top to bottom, this is a really good league. Pitt, who's probably the the worst team at the bottom of the barrel, gave Tech a run for its money last night. So so this is not, yes, to your question, this is probably the best the league has ever been. Yeah, it's, it's crazy how stacked it is right now. It's it's awesome. That's the first thing I thought of when you were mentioning it earlier in the, the previous recording with men's is although the rankings don't reflect it for the men's, they're as strong as they've ever been across the board just because the teams outside of the rankings are still knocking on the door. And if there isn't a team knocking on the door in the ACC for women's hoops, it's because they're already in the rankings. That's what it feels like right now for yeah. sure. Uh, David, want to talk a little bit about it feels like the scoring margin for this team was so big uh, to start the season. Obviously, that had a a factor in the fact that they were playing lower quality opponents. Um, But then you get some closer games Well, you lost on the road at Miami. Miami's a great team. Um, A close game against a a good Louisville team who's probably better than their record shows. uh, To be quite honest, they were picked to finish at the top of the league. Um, Pitt hangs in there. Um, So just just what is it about this team finishing? late um, but also at the same time maybe not dropping the 80 points they were earlier in the season I think it all goes back to teams are playing a zone teams are pretty much every single one of Virginia Tech's opponents over the last I guess since December really since the end of December 
everybody's playing two three zone against Tech or or switching it up a little bit. Pitt Pitt pressed a little bit and played some zone. It's it's not fun to play against. As a Syracuse guy, you would you would know. Um, it's you know Elizabeth Kitley is such a dynamic weapon that teams are basically saying, okay, we're going to try to eliminate her and we're going to make you score from the outside. And Tech's three point shooting hasn't been as good. I was going to say, it's fun if you can shoot the lights out that yeah. night. Yeah, you know, one of the reasons why is probably because Asia Shepard left. You know, right. three-point, all-time, school's all-time three-point leader, AC's all-time three-point leader left. You know, Tech's still getting fine opportunities, but it's a much smaller clip um, that Tech's knocking down. And I think that kind of shortens the margins a little bit more. Um, Tech's basically been faced with a zone for the past like eight games, mm-hmm. like zone after zone after zone after zone. And, you know, teams have figured out that they might not necessarily win, but it rattles tech. And I think tech's still trying to deal with that. Um, it's made things frustrating. Like yesterday tech played at a pretty high tempo simply because Pitt was pressing and trying to trap and, and the zone is can just be so frustrating to play against sometimes. So I think that's really what's given the Hokies a lot of problems. They can figure it out. I mean, they'll be golden. I think a lot of it comes down to to passing and taking advantage of three-point opportunities. Uh, I think Ashley Wusu coming back, who who made her debut, or sorry, returned from an injury, you know, was out seven weeks. She comes back, former All-American, immediately helps, made some really big passes, Knock down a three. I think Tech's still trying to find its comfortability when it comes to playing against his own. No doubt about it. Wake Forest coming up next for the women's side. Should be an easier game uh, for this team. But then you got Duke. You got a rematch in Charlottesville against Virginia, who hung in there. Uh, Syracuse is playing good ball. And then NC State, it doesn't get easier. Uh, tough stretch coming up after the Wake Forest game for like, the women. Like Kyle said, this is the... This league is good, and you're not going to have an easy game. Even though Pitt's not very good in comparison to the rest of the league, Pitt gave Tech a run for its money yesterday. Wake Forest will do the same on Sunday, though that's a game Tech should be able to win. But again, if teams are playing zone, kind of puts Tech into a bit of a corner and there's only so much wiggle room. So it's really going to be interesting to see how this team handles um, getting a Wusu back and getting her into the fold um, on Sunday against Wake Forest. Because then you go on the road, you've got Duke and Virginia on the road, uh, Syracuse, NC State around the corner. It doesn't really get much easier. No, not at all. Yeah, and I was wondering with a Wusu's return, five points, but she did have that big three-pointer. You're talking about how the zone is something that ACC teams are going to look at and, and show that that's an effective way to make one of the best offenses in not just the ACC, but the country in the Hokies kind of struggle a little bit. And that's what the whole design is with Syracuse. Um, obviously, Gio and I can talk about that plenty back home with uh, Beheim, but you see that it's designed to force teams to shoot threes. And the Hokies did so semi-effectively. Um, I mean, not particularly this past game with only 25% from beyond the arc. With a Wusu back, we know she can shoot the three ball decently well. I mean, that's that's what we got when we got her from the transfer portal. Her return, if she starts to sit beyond the arc a little bit more often, you think that's how she can become more effective if teams try and stick with the zone against the Hokies? I think, honestly, her, her biggest value is in her passing, sitting in the middle of the zone and picking out 
picking picking her spots. That's his own buster yeah. too, though, right? Right? Right by the free throw line. That's, yeah, yeah, I mean, between her and Taylor Soul, I mean, look, this team is really talented, and this team's still winning games. Right. Um, I guess there's just ways that they could be winning more efficiently. Um, having a Wusu back, yeah, she can step out and hit some threes, but I also think that her passing, her ability to move the ball. That's one more person on the outside. That's another threat that that opponents have to guard. Another threat where people are like, "Oh my god, I don't want this." You know, I don't want her to try to slash down the lane on me. So we've got to defend her like this. It's kind. Of, I think in a little bit of a comparison, it's kind of like Hunter Couture, right? She's a bit of a gravitational shooter where you have to close her out, and I, I think. There's a there are a lot of those players like that for the Tech women's basketball team, right? Um, I think you could probably say the same thing for Kayla King, um, but I think she will help make Tech more efficient because the looks that Tech will get should be better because teams w- will be emphasizing her more. If that makes sense. Yeah. In your opinion, right now, who's the best team in the conference? Oof, uh, I think you could say Virginia Tech. Um, I might have to say Notre Dame. Uh, yeah, they're good. I, I think I think if Tech played Notre Dame again, Tech like with a Wusu, Tech would win. Um, it's tough. It just had a tough fourth quarter. They led the whole game. Yeah, I think I think you could say it's Virginia Tech, and it's, that's kind of crazy to say. I think it's Virginia Tech or Notre Dame. I think Louisville and then in North Carolina are right up there. NC State and Duke have slipped a little bit recently, and so is Florida State. But, I mean, this is a really good conference. Now, now to stack on top of that, Gio, I'm, I wonder for you, we're talking about Tech being the best team in your opinion in the ACC, but which team do you see going farthest in the tournament? Because we saw the hopes with Virginia Tech last year, and they got a really good seed, and then Florida Gulf Coast came in. I think it, it all kind of depends on the matchup. Right. Um, like NC State. Ran into UConn last year. That's not really fair. That's true. <laughs> Earlier too, wasn't I think it? it was in Connecticut in, too. In was stores. it? Yeah, yeah. And that's not that's not really fair. Um, so was that what the Sweet Sixteen? Uh, I think that might have been the Elite. Yeah, Carter's Elite. elite, elite. Okay, um, I couldn't Carter's remember the it. Sweet Sixteen early, but yeah, he run. I mean, just it's just tough. I think it comes down to matchups. Um, I think there are a lot of teams that can make deep runs. North Carolina beat Duke last night. Um, Notre Dame is good, but how much is it just Olivia Miles? Um, I think Tech might be the best well-rounded team, and that says that says a lot. Um, but Louisville and Notre Dame are both have some really good individual talent, and Van Lith, Haley Van Lith, and Olivia Miles. North Carolina might be the second best put together team. So I'm really curious to kind of see how the, all the pieces play out. All right, let's uh, shift gears a little bit, briefly talk about Tech Talk Live last night. Some interesting stuff uh, out of Mike Young, of course, but I really enjoyed uh, listening to MJ Collins talk. Uh, Very well spoken, and uh, he just had some interesting stuff about um, how his confidence has grown uh, over these last couple of games, his insight in the game, and and his life outside of of basketball as well. Yeah, he's he's an interesting guy. I actually wrote a feature on him um, a little bit ago. He's from South Carolina, so... He gets to go back to South Carolina tomorrow. He said he's going to have about 25 20, people yeah. there. Um, yeah. That's a lot for a basketball game, um, especially since there are only like 13 to 15 people on the team. Right. Um, <laughs> that's a lot of tickets. Uh, but, no, he's a he's a great guy, raised from a great family. He played, his, you know, played at a couple different places for high school. Um, 
his, the last stop was at Combine Academy just outside of Charlotte. And um, he's, he's really grown. You know, Mike Young... Mike Young mentioned how much he really enjoys coaching MJ. Um, he's an awesome guy to talk to, very well-spoken. Um, and he, he takes pride in his defense. I think that's mm-hmm. the most important thing. He was a scorer for so long in high school, and he's basically become a guy that Mike Young trusts to go out there and make a defensive stop, which says a lot because he's a true freshman who probably should not be playing this much if Rodney Rice wasn't hurt. Um, he, he's an awesome kid and um, very fortunate to, to have gone to to talk to him and, and interview him a lot. Yeah, I like that note on defense too. Uh we all we all heard it. We were all there last night listening to it. And um I think his attitude is remarkable for a freshman, especially a freshman in the spotlight where they're giving him minutes that he wasn't necessarily expecting off the bat because of Rice's absence. And Camden is kind of stepping back and giving more of those off the bench minutes to uh to Collins as he was early in the season. It's really cool to see his attitude. Was that something that you kind of noticed how like optimistic he is despite maybe a lack of scoring and being uh, honest about the fact that defense is something that he's still learning as a freshman in college too? Yeah, I think he knows his role. Yeah. And those are the kind of kids you want, right? Those are the kind of kids who I think like Hunter Couture is a great example, right? Hunter Couture came in and did not expect to to you know blow up right away and did not expect to have the role he is now. Sit back, learn, become a good defender. Defend. I mean, as he said, defending is what gets you on the floor when you when there are other guys that score. And I think he'll become more confident as a scorer eventually. Um, but if he can continue to play good defense, that is an attribute that you can't really take away, right? The scoring might not always be there. But if he's playing defense night in, night out, that's reliable. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think his attitude, he's hes humble. He he understands what position he's in. He understands, you know, okay, I, ha- I have an opportunity that maybe yeah. I wouldn't have gotten normally. And the crowd loved him too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, the the, <laughs> the cheering, I was listening on the radio. I wasn't yeah. there. But the cheering uh, w- was awesome. He's hes an awesome kid. Um, his parent. I got to meet his parents. Um, his parents are awesome. Um He's he he knows his role and he knows his value and Mike Young knows his value too and he's he's coming along he's still a freshman which is crazy to think about um, but assuming he keeps developing he's gonna be a really great player here yeah it feels like the town of Blacksburg preaches the sense of humility that any small town would in southwestern Virginia and MJ Collins fits right into that role yeah it's it's really cool to see yeah. I, uh, I, my favorite part personally, um, cause he was funny. He had some witty, <laughs> he had some witty, uh, remarks is when Zach goes, uh, you know, you played your AAU ball for team Curry Wednesday. You see Steph Curry sitting courtside and JPJ. How cool was that? And he's like, I told the guys I might faint. <laughs> and it was just, it was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, he, he was, he, I very much so enjoyed that interview. He was hilarious. Honestly, yeah. that was, that was probably the best, not to make it a comparison, but the best segment of tech talk live that we've had so far this year was with MJ Collins. Yeah. He, he worked great. And Zach, Zach hosted a great interview. You and I were joking beforehand, Zach Mackey, the voice of men's basketball runs that segment. He didn't have any notes prepared because he knew that this kid would be 
uh, conversational. It was really yeah. cool to see. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely uh, definitely interesting there. All right. I think uh, if we don't have any uh, final remarks, time to wrap things up. Yeah. yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, Virginia Tech men's basketball is on the road against uh, Clemson on Saturday. Quick turnaround. About 48 hours later, they're playing inside Castle Coliseum against the Duke Blue Devils. And then on the other side, uh, women's basketball uh, game coming up on Sunday against the Demon Deacons of Wake Forest. That'll wrap things up on our Friday edition of TSL today. For Kyle Marshak, David Cunningham, Carter Hill, I'm Giovanni Heater. So long, and we'll see you next week.